Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. So Matt, I was on my way to work this morning and couldn't you believe it? Along the side of the road, I think I saw every species of upland bird that Montana has to offer. And it really got me thinking about my old bird dog and my old shotgun. And I think I want to pick the shotgun back up and get back at it. I'm down one thing though, and I think that's a new bird dog. How do I, would you got any suggestions? Well, I got you covered there, Riley. Our great friends, Craig and Carrie over at Mag- Magic City Gun Dogs, they have outstanding German short hair pointers. Well, I've never had a German short hair pointer. What makes them so outstanding? Well, they have great bloodlines, outstanding temperament, and their dogs always aim to please. Well, that actually kind of sounds like it's right up my alley. Uh, how would I get a hold of one of these dogs? Well, they actually have a litter coming up this spring. You can reach Craig or Kerry at MagicCityGunDogs.com or at 406-861-5709 to reserve your puppy now. What is up and welcome back to, to another episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast. Hell yeah, brother. That worked out wow, great. That was cute. That was cute. How are we high doing, guys? after that? Yeah. Oh, that was on the mic. Guys, I feel like I haven't seen you too well. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. I was going the wrong way. Why? You've I just been been doing your thing, huh? I've been hunting yeah. a lot. He hermitized himself and stayed in the hills for three days. That was great. I did more solo hunting this weekend than I've done in the last... He was scared most of it, though. That's not true at all. He's like, That's... I don't want to go up there in the dark. That's why he slept in until six the other day. First of all, those <laughs> words never came out of my mouth. <laughs> it's got to be true, though. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like The one morning I solo hunted when... Um, Sean didn't go with you? Sean didn't go with me. Not... Not to talk shit. That was not my intention. He's, but I think he's he's a little bit salty. I think he's hundred percent talking I, shit. Um we had a good weekend though. You you hear everything. I mean heightened sense of what the hell was that? Well, after we found out there was a mountain lion lurking cat involved. I didn't find that picture until after I had walked in that morning. Yeah. I'm uh Oh my god, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say here. Are you irrationally, out? I'm irrationally Whoa. in fear of aliens more than I am mountain oh lions and bears. Gosh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you you? I'm I would I'm definitely more afraid of mountain lions in in our in our unit because I actually have not seen a bear. I think I'm more scared of rednecks. We saw a shit ton of bears, but they're all down by the river, so I'm not really. I know there was two in the cornfield today. I'm not super concerned about bears. Oh, you guys either. pushed a couple more out? Yeah. There's a lot of bears in that area, dude. A lot more than I ever expected. I mean, um, you never see tracks in the wintertime trapping with Dave. Who were you with when you saw that bear on there? That's because they're hibernating. Jesus Christ, it's in Montana. I literally carried your fucking bear through the snow. I know, but that was in the spring. They came out there, was hungry. I mean, it does make a good point. It was it a bit, it was a bit a aggressive, point. but it was a good point. That was aggressive. <laughs> no, we get Paul, snow in September. Can you, Paul, can you, apo- can you <laughs> apologize to each other real quick? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. So greasy. <laughs> um, before we hop into... What are we even doing here? <laughs> no, that that is exactly what line I'm on. Like, I'm sitting here super groggy from hunting for three straight... I didn't see... 
I am fab- it's a it's historically they can't known even talk for this guy nonstop. It's historically known Three. that Matt <laughs> Guys, Sean's on the recorder tonight. I am. It's, it's gonna get crazy. it's gonna get brutal. <laughs> I don't know what any of our sound bites are, so it might not make a whole lot of sense. I'm just gonna push buttons. At least they're not pre made by Ramsey. They're just all they're all good ones. Uh oh. wow. Historically known, Matt and I are really uh Known for our naps, our good archery naps. Didn't get a single one in this week. That's a lie. You slept for like 20 minutes in the truck and you were snoring. You know what? You told me I wasn't snoring. Well, I didn't want you to know. Oh, that's yeah, an, you were that, snoring. that is a battle that I face every every <laughs> with Ramsey every day, and he gets so mad. Dude, he's getting close though. I mean, he's I, not bad. Like he went back in the little belts like last year. I'm like I was when he would shake and shit. I was like, okay, we can't hunt anymore because he was so loud. Now he's like, he's not. Like his peak loudness, he's just like it. Like it, he builds it. So like he'd be like normal, and then like I don't know, a minute later, I'll turn it up, like for one, and then I'm like, dude, you gotta wake up. Like you can't have that. Like we're sitting here, and I tell you what, Warren, first weekend we hunted with Warren last weekend, this dude went in there had. He was bundled up. I mean, it was cold that morning, and I'm not kidding you. This dude just keeled over in a ball and passed out. Our dad did? Yes. Oh, yeah. He was out, and <laughs> he woke up, right, before Ramsey was in and out, and I'm like, dude, just get get the hell up, all right? It's like it's sunlight dark. is up, and Warren wakes up, and Ramsey kind of comes to, and he's like sitting up on his backpack, and Warren's got these big beefy gloves on, because it was it was like 35 degrees down, down below. And he takes these gloves off, Warren does, to try and do something in his backpack or something. Ramsey just goes, <laughs> snags the gloves and puts them on. And Warren gets done with what he's doing on his backpack, and he's like, <laughs> what gloves were they? Were they the big, doing, huge? Doing, fu- doing he he left numbers? those in the Ranger. I was like, why does he have winter gloves? Dude, he looked, I let him look for like a minute and a half. For those we're gloves. both just sitting there laughing. And I, and I tapped him, and I waved him. He's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I I genuinely want to know what happened with you guys last weekend, but we need to we need to have a conversation. Um, is he finally? Is this an intervention? It's coming out. It's not an intervention. <laughs> Jesus, you guys are a little unhinged tonight. You need to be careful what you're saying. It's better than the dead Ramsey you had last week. Which one, guys? Guys, you know what I was. It was not as funny as when I was like. Did you listen to the podcast like a month ago where I was like, Sean is no longer with us? No. <laughs> it's so funny. Dude, Your you know, dog's running across my upstairs. I can hear it. I was listening to the to the Matt Noen podcast, and I don't know if you guys caught how harsh we ripped on Steve Irwin in the beginning of that. No, I didn't. It was pretty brutal. I didn't and think it was too I'm, bad. Uh, he's I a, genuinely he's thought, a good dude. I I, uh, I was really pleasantly surprised. Like, uh, Who? I was pleased. Steve like Irwin. Crocodile? The crocodile hunter? Yeah. You mean he was a good dude? He is a good dude. He's still here in spirit. Come on, man. Okay. His son actually does everything he does. His son's, a, his son's a stud, too. Um, how come every mic that Sean's in is always just super loud? I haven't touched. This is literally Ramsey's. He's got his bass turned up to like 9,000 on know, his you, mic. You sound like uh, the guy from the Green Mile. Tom John Hanks. Coffee. Yeah, uh, we're getting we're getting we're getting <laughs> sidetracked. Drink, but uh, here, I will like say some cornbread. <laughs> Owen and Matt was really I really enjoyed listening back on it. Like Owen was pretty fun. I you don't hear a lot of like 
this kind of podcast with, so, like a, with a young kid's no, voice on it. He's so passionate, too. It's crazy. I mean, do you think back when you were a, a 11 or 12 years old, do you think you were that passionate about hunting? No, oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. You Ramsey think was, so? Ramsey started oh, yeah. trap shooting when he was eight. He was shooting guns for doing all that shit. But I mean, like even like archery hunting, though? I don't I don't know. Oh, no. We didn't get archery hunting until Ramsey was probably Archery hunting didn't, wasn't, didn't even get big until... 2008 maybe yeah yeah but i mean that's what i'm saying it's just crazy how like he is always every time we i am with those guys he's always just that's good keep him on it i know he's he's stuck make him make him uh get his friends into it too that we need he's got we need the kids friend. to keep it going but uh so here we're going to talk about bull mountain brothers as a whole right now um we have been looking so forward to having this hunting season opportunity and i just wanted to get your guys's feedback on why ramsey is you making the stop. mic so loud um <laughs> that is the laziest thing i've ever is saw. anyone else having a really hard time making any sort of content for the company right now like it's just no i bring the camera with me when i go that's not true well it's not even that i mean it's not even the content thing it's just like it's it's way harder to 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 focus on this right now than I have had. I don't think it was that bad for you tonight. We did full intro, outro, whole thing on our opening weekend. We haven't done shit. Why? I'm in the process well, of buying in all these fairness, two the camera. So we've had two weekends of elk hunting, and Matt spent all weekend in the truck. We did updates so. all day for forty for forty eight hours. I mean, we had two days that we were doing updates and filming. We had, I'm even talking about the pot. Like, I think back to like the couple weeks before hunting season, and we had like all these crazy big things happening for us, right? We're getting these emails. We charted on right. a website. We're getting some more sales. We got into a gas station. It was like for the last two weeks, I just feel like it's been tougher. Cause I like, let's, let's talk about like in July, we had a real mishap with our host site. So right. we couldn't post a podcast. Well, we didn't post a podcast two weeks ago because the it didn't download at my house. And then when I went to go leave for hunting, like the card was left at the house. So like I just I couldn't turn around and go right. do a podcast. So like before I could just go home and like save it real quick. Now that we have like hunting and shit, like I can't just miss hunting. You know what I mean? Like I have to go. But this is this is the hard part that I mean You do know you have a job, right? Yeah, like 15 of them. Okay, but this is the hard part that we... I just had to throw it You guys had to know that this was going to happen. Well, yeah, but it's just like the whole idea of we can't hunt and film at the same time. I don't care how much Ramsey and I were like, no, we're going to be able to do this. That weekend... I know. I'm just like, I just... That was horrible. We couldn't do it. I want one of you two to just pop a bowl so bad just so we one can come film because it's... We we need somebody to film. It's just that... In all fairness, Warren got the best film of the whole the whole year. We can't so. call, we can't hunt, and we can't film at the same time. With two of us, I've, have, however much we thought we could. Well, you not being able to well, call. Well, we're in the second somebody. leak of our tree right now, correct? Says the guy who can't Going Google. into the third, yeah. I gag. I can't do, I can't do reads. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do the easy sucker. I, I took that. I got rid of that, by the way. What? That adapter. I switched. What do that you new call I just bought, I switched. What did you switch to? The regular diaphragm adapter. Oh, yeah. I'm over it. I No, like the adapter that co- that you have that you use on your Phelps, I took it off. I'm you using like just. It? I'm using a regular diaphragm again. I can't do it. Yeah, I, 
I, I don't blame you. I, I just, it, it comes easy for me. So that's why I, I think it's because I'm, I'm like so far, I'm so far like into being like trying to be good with a diaphragm that I just can't switch right now. I can't like I've put I so much I time into trying and trying to learn and be better with a diaphragm. So that's why it's like, it's I don't tough. have a preference. It's I, a different style. Of a I will never though. stop using a diaphragm for Turkey. It's, it makes the best noise and which is and, like, crazy. You can do 75 different. That's so crazy. Cause I cannot figure out my Turkey diaphragm. I'll, I'll you need to show it, me. We well, have to use it. You have a Turkey diaphragm, right? Yeah. You have to have way more tongue pressure. Like it has to be against the roof of your mouth. Yeah. Are you Anyways, a medium? Are you a medium diaphragm? Or are you a small or a large? I have no idea. I just buy them. And so they like, they work. They work. Because like I have a small one that it just doesn't. But, but what I say on, uh, <laughs> I I'm getting to a point in elk hunting where it's like the less I have to worry about. Like I I want consistency, and it seems like sometimes right. I've always I've never been, you know I've always I've been able to call it right with a with a diaphragm, but like sometimes if I. Like, let's say I get dry mouth from hiking or something, and I go to do a cow call, and it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, I just, with with what I have now. So you have open read, right? Right now. You have an open read, is what you cow call with. No, I have a, I have uh, Phelps's new, they had, it's like a brand new call they made, where they took the, the way that they describe it is they took, like, the model of inside of your mouth and your tongue, and put it, like, on the outside. So instead of pushing air through a call you suck air into it right and so it's the same it's the same exact okay. read that goes into that bugle tube yep. is that blue one but it's inside a little thing and right. you suck into it and i like it because it's got this little groove and you just put your mouth on it and i was i mean i was i was full draw you know? that's that i think that's the like biggest difference between like i told I, to ramsey and i talked about this quite a bit was like how do you hunt by yourself like in Ramsey's case, because currently all he has for cow call is a hoochie mama. How hard would it be to be trying to get full draw by yourself and need to cow call with a hoochie mama? You just wouldn't. Exactly. But if you're if you're in a situation where like let's say Ramsey has an elk, he wouldn't want to call that close anyways. And and I'll show you a video where I got into elk this last weekend and I had him under 100 yards and I was calling at him, but I had a structure in front of me and I would just go on the other side of it and go away from me. Right. So right. it's doable. But like when you're looking straight on something, you don't want to call. I mean, they're just, what are they going to do? They're going to snap right. Right. You. And hunting by, I mean, not to go off tangent here, but like hunting in a, by yourself is so tough anyway, because you can't try and set up and draw from the spot where you call. You cannot do that. You have to move. Right. Because I mean, those elk know exactly to the foot where you are. Well, the calling. biggest difference is from ranch to ranch though, after Especially Ramsey and Riley can contest to this, but them bulls and cows hold tight. I mean, they hold so damn tight. I mean, it was the same thing yesterday when we went. He was using that easy sucker. He was to my left, and he's cow calling. And then all of a sudden, he's to my right cow calling. I'm like, what in the? What was it? It was cows to my right and Riley to my left. They were talking to each other. And it happened like different times and they would like, like all of a sudden they'd be on the other side of us. And we're like, yeah. what the, f what the hell is going on here? So this actually like, I mean, I talked to you guys a little bit about this before we started recording, but the cool, like I just like started looking at like, it's called the Starkey project and the biology of bulls and well, bulls biology of elk. 
Um, and I actually, they were talking about from studying different herds throughout the country that older elk, like talking from like seven to 10, the cows and bulls, they breed early in the season because those cows are in heat earlier. But when you get in with younger bulls that are, you know, two to five and elk or cows that are the same, they breed later. So it was kind of cool to like, if like he said a big part of it is like, call, call the FWP and find out if a biologist can tell you what the average age of your elk, the herd you're hunting, because that seriously has a, has a play in it. I could see that making a lot of sense, especially because I've seen three bulls taken in the areas that from your area to my area. Um, and they've all been like over 380 inches, just yeah. monsters. And they were wallowing and pre, I mean, I got, we got bulls that are coming through that are just zero, zero interest in cows right now. Like not even coming into calls, nothing. And I, and I guess we'll get into that. I don't want to, I don't want to sh- get into our stories, you know, until we're back from the break. But, um, as far as the calling thing goes, I think it's, I, I support any way you want to do a call. There's guys that are successful with Primos $10 bull bugles, you know what I mean? Right. And stuff like that. But I think it all comes down to preference. And, and for me, like I said, I, I want consistency. And when I found these calls, the Phelps is making phenomenal calls right now. They're making consistent calls and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be an expert <sighs> diaphragm guy. No. And I bugling with a diaphragm like takes skill and takes time and practice and not that I I can do it. I can do it just as good as I can do the other one, but the other one I can, every time I use it, I know it's going to be exactly how I want it to. I'm not going to have any screeches or that's the hardest part about diaphragms. It's consistency. Cause like, like this last weekend when I was out with Ramsey and Warren, it was like that first location bugle that I let out was five times better than majority of the rest of them. And it's, it's just, well, obviously everything, in. everything's consistency. I mean, in any scenario, you could, you could push a hoochie mama wrong and come out with something that sounds yeah. dumb. Well, put yourself in this position. You've been hunting for six days in the last 10 days, whatever. Right. And you've had minimal to no encounters at all. You get one encounter where you know there's elk in there and the first bugle you let off all the, <clears> for some reason, the diaphragm, something is not right and ruins the whole morning for you. You're done. Then you have to hunt another six days. That's why for me, it was like when I went into this year, it was, I look at hunting anymore and the way that hunting is going as every year could be my last year to have this opportunity. It could take five years to get this tag again. Sure. We could lose, I could lose my hunting spots. Um, I could get a, I could get paralyzed. I mean, that's very drastic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just saying anything could happen. COVID. I mean, let's throw it all out. Anything there, can baby. happen. But my thing is, is I want to be as consistent as I can and make the best of the opportunities I have right now. Right. And that's why I switched. But I fully support if no, it's if just it works a personal best for you, If it works best for you to diaphragm through the I, only thing I will say, I wanted you to get that bugle tube because that aluminum bugle tube is just unreal. The metal's it's way so, better. I'm so serious. loud. I was today, so today I was just using diaphragm in it. It sounds so much better than my it's just a plastic. Well, tube. it's like it's got like a if you ever look inside of those tubes. Like the the Phelps metal ones, mm. it's got like it's like rifled almost. Oh, really? It's ser- like seriously, it's crazy on the inside. It's like gro- like grooved out all the way down. So there's got to be something. Like I that. just feel like I get way more throatiness. Oh and yeah, way more like just. I've noticed too, like barks, 
the barks are a lot easier to do on a metal tube than it is plastic. And I think that's something with, cause obviously your voice on a, I mean, it is probably the same for, for the Phelps, uh, like reed attachment as far as like a diaphragm, the same kind of muscle memory, but it, it's called an easy bugler for the, everyone out there. Right. The, the same mechanics go into play, but I feel like that extra amount of your breath and your throat that you use to make that bugle, it's a lot easier on a metal tube. Yeah. I think I, so. I'm a big fan. That's I would, just opinion, I would, but if I could work with any, if we got to a point where we could work with any company in the world, like Phelps is like my, I'm a biggest fan of, and I used to be a big Rocky Mountain call guy, but <coughs> good too. I mean, they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're good yeah. and they're good at what they do. But like, I just feel like Phelps themselves are like changing the game. I think, everybody. yeah, they, I think they've made such a vast variety of calls is the biggest thing. Cause like when you look at like, and they're consumer friendly is what I think. And I might be miss misspeaking about Rocky mountain elk calls, but as far as like Phelps, there's like so many open reads, you know, like duck call looking cow calls. And like, there's just so much more versatility, I think to try well, and, and cater to the, 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 people that they're trying to sell to i've been elk hunting long enough now that i've gone through like every single type of like mouth call and like there's the ones with the you know you put your teeth on it you know and do the blow on the bite and blows and stuff like that yeah. and nothing makes a good sound except for like this one that this one i got i love and then diaphragms of course yeah and you know for like ramsey because he's obviously uh, he's a proficient duck caller i think an open read cow call for Ramsey would be like so fitting because it's, it's something that he can, he's used to. I think you'd, I think you'd really be interested in that one that I have. I have a bite and blow. That sounds really good. Yeah. It's, those used to be the big deal are, back in the yeah. day. I can, I can picture one right now, black with a red, with a red read on it with double read. Mine's clear with an orange mouthpiece, on but it. they got, they're double readed, right? I don't know. I don't yet. remember. Anyways, we're getting way off tangent here, it's, but yeah, that's, um, that's what happens. Yeah. I just, Calls calls are just opinionated. Everybody's different. Matt uses a different call than Ramsey, and Ramsey uses a different call than me, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, it's just the way of the world. I think it's more important to know how to use them than, than, to to be like this is what to use or whatever. Right. Like if a guy was to come up to and be like, you know, like oh, this is how you do it. Like I just I think it's like really just honing the skill and like I think so much more goes into situational awareness of like how and when to call and language. Because I don't know. Seriously. Well, we, we could have a whole podcast on this, but, and I, I will agree with you though. That I feel like that the Phelps, the, whatever you just said previously, the one that I just bought that mm -hmm. tried, I feel like as far as, uh, John, John Doe picking that up off the ground next to a diaphragm, I feel like he's going to be able to come out with more successful of a bugle with the Phelps. Oh yeah. Than picking up a diaphragm and just a regular, any bugle tube. Oh yeah. I think it's it is a lot easier, but I it go either way. Yeah, I, I if you're out there hunting, that's the most important thing. There's probably guys but, out there that are listening to this right now who are like diaphragm or die. Yeah, I, that's fine. I just for me, I just have a personal preference, and I like what works right, for me. Right, I carry my stuff in there, and uh, we'll find out a little bit how it, how it works for me. But um, so let's talk talk a little bit more about Bull Mountain Brothers. Um. So yeah, we had that little snafu in July and that was really not, that was completely out of our control. This time we've had some weird podcast posting because of we've been hunting and legitimately, see Ramsey was going to make an Instagram post the other day 
where he took my face and put clown makeup on it <laughs> and put on Instagram because I lost the SD card to a podcast for last week. I, I lost it. I know it's in quotations. Folks. I know it's close. It's going to be, I'm going to find it before like I'll be able to post it this week before this next one comes out, but it just sucks. Cause it's like, I just don't, I feel like I need like 20 more hours in a day to, to, to tackle everything I'm doing right now. It's just delegate. It's just been a long, hard ass last. The last ten days have sucked. Yeah, it's been. It's just been like it's been brutal since Wednesday. You know, so like and then I, know I made the Matt's, decision. I know what Matt's been up to for the last few weeks, obviously, because we talk. How much real hunting time have you had so far this season? Monday, <laughs> day and a half. Yeah. See, that's just it's just wild. I mean, there's just so much going on. Yeah. Well, and he had to, he had to do some stuff that was more important than hunting, really. Right. But um that's like I mean obviously you would love to have way more than but, than that. But I see but. more game in the last 5 days <laughs> than I'll see in the next 5 weeks. Yeah. Yeah, but that's true. Different Matt, atmospheres. I feel like Matt holds out for the for the peak rut more than anything. Like you're a big last weekend, first weekend, last weekend of September, first week of October guy. I'm an October first to fifteenth. Yeah, I, that's just how like my experience with you. I mean, I I mean, I've hunted a day and a half. I've been out what four four days or three and a half days, but two of them I didn't even take my bow. Yeah, he was like he was trucking people around and just spotting and doing the math thing but um do we just have a knock in this housekeeping yeah guys we have a we have a guest at the studio and and yeah come in did you lock it ramsey yeah come in the come in the come in the bathroom come through the bathroom um yeah, so yeah, we have a, we have a, we have a, yeah, I'll throw this into the mix too. Uh, not only do we have all this crazy shit going on, I thought of the bright idea to get a puppy in, a, in the middle of this, sure. so uh, that's been, Nellie, you're good, thank you, hopefully she didn't get in trouble, but yeah, here she is now, we just had to bring her back in the studio, but, so yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind, and you know, I can't I can't personally hunt this weekend, but I'm happy to happily go with you. Yeah. To your unit. Is uh, Warren coming? Or I have no idea. Has he decided? Hold Most likely. Um Yeah, we got some new Ramsey and I have pretty much exhausted our pregame preliminary plans of archery there and i think we might try something different i mean everything it's been successful because as far as like i look at a a hunt i mean obviously successful hunt is having something down on the ground but i think it's been successful in the fact that we have every time we've been out there we have seen game and bugled with bulls even on opening weekend opening day we bugled with bulls and we 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 talked to him. The funny thing is, we've only I'm the only one who's seen an elk out there, which is crazy. 
for the amount of, I mean, those cows had to have been within 40 yards. Like we talked about after the week after opening, opening weekend, but it's, it's just crazy that we actually haven't had that visual, um, meeting with those animals. Yeah. It's just really hit and miss. I mean, but the thing was, is like, I told, I don't know if I, I told Matt and Riley this, but like that, to uh, that bull that, um, the only elk that we've seen out there is because I was probably 80, 90 yards above Ramsey and Warren on a hill. And I was glassing across the, the, to the next property. And there was a bull coming down this just steep mountain goat type terrain. And I bugled right after I saw him and he stopped and screamed and then he started hauling ass. And then that's when I lost him down in this deep ravine. And that's when I moved back down. I said, Hey, we might have a bull coming in and we kind of made some plans and it didn't work out because somebody decided to, uh, leave some brass on the ground a ways away from us. Oh yeah. But not to get into that too far. Cause I'm sure we'll bring, bring up our, last yeah, I think, but. I think we'll go to break and then we get back. Let's just, um, you know, like we've been talking about since the beginning of our hunting, like we're in two different groups. Like we really don't know. We know bits and pieces of what happened to each other in the last couple of weeks, but it just gets like, too busy for each of us. We're super separated. Like we're seeing each other less than we ever have. I mean, Matt and I see each other more than we usually do, but, um, the two different groups here, Yeah, you know, I haven't seen you much in the last month, probably. No, um, good to get out and hunt. Yeah. We'll um, talk more on that. So yeah, let's, let's hear a word from our sponsors. I think, um, I think when we get back, we'll just dive right into might as well. Our stories from us last weekend. I got some really good. You guys are gonna be really mad at me though, because I'm gonna have like a 15 minute just about. I me, know so. that's just typical, right? <laughs> just normal. Can you like even think of a story that Riley didn't drag out as long as possible to kill it? You'll or? love this one though. It's okay. really good. You'll like it. All right. Uh, with that being said, check out FNH Fencing. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, FNH Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard. Or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired. Contact our friends at FNH Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farmyards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. Two Leggings Outfitters out of Hardin, Montana is your one-stop shop for the best hunting and fishing adventures Montana has to offer. If you're looking for fishing adventures, big game hunting, bird hunting, and much more, get a hold of Dave or Patty at Two Leggings Outfitters, 406-665-2825. Book the adventure of a lifetime today. So which group's going to start us out then? Group of? You guys. Us? Yeah. Talk about our weekend? No, we did, we started last time. Riley's going to take at least 39 minutes, so I only have it. I'm going to you know, at least take 40 minutes. <laughs> we only All right, I'll 40 go. 40 minutes left on this card, so. I you can't to, wait to go. I was just giving you guys the chance to yeah. fucking well, jump in there. I'm going to let Matt kind of banter off his his side of the story, too. Oh, my gosh. We're going to start with Friday night. Your feet up, Ramsey? <laughs> I don't even, yeah. remember. I don't even okay. remember what happened Friday night. I think we just went to bed. Um... Saturday morning. See, let's just let's just get a whole scenario here. Matt, what? He knew I was gonna say preference, and I did say it. 
Um, Matt was cutting corn the whole weekend, so he didn't even get to hunt, technically. Um, but we were we would stay at the cabin together and blah 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 blah. So I was solo hunting most of the weekend, which is sweet. It was it was fun. Um, I would have rather had someone there to call with me, but it is what it is. Um, so the first morning I sat in a blind, had zero things come through except for some mule deer. And then I decided to, well, I think you had like kind of a issue happen where you're, oh no, Friday night we went and had dinner at the, I forgot we went and had dinner at, yep, at the at, nice at the restaurant. Port, yep. Yeah. And I got to meet one of his client's sons. We had good conversation about duck hunting and whatnot. And he was actually driving for Matt, you know, hauling corn and he had to go home. So Ram or Matt summoned Ramsey after your guys' hunt Saturday. Ramsey came out and I decided, you know, we got to have all that. We had all that cool weather on Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday was cold too. Mm -hmm. But then. Yeah, Saturday was like 35 in the morning. In the morning. Yeah. Yep. And then but the afternoon got hot again. So I'm like, and then the smoke came in. And I was like, well, shit. I was like, I, I'm not, I mean, there's not, I'm not going to be able to hunt again. So I was like, I'm just going to sit in the truck with Matt. What else is there to do? Well, you were going to hunt until the owner's son hit that black bull. Oh, yeah. And then your dad decided he probably should stay. Well, what really happened is I went and sat in the truck with you because i knew that we were going to see some cool shit um and we did you know we saw i mean you probably saw way more than i did but well you would have had your elk had you not had someone take the ranger no names dave yeah and i could have i could have hunted the elk out of the corn i could have hunted elk out of the corn it just matt made a good point too it just didn't seem right yeah it'd be like shooting him in a trowel I yeah mean. it'd be like shooting a fish in a barrel and it just wasn't it wasn't fun it wasn't cool it didn't seem right so I just sat in the truck and videoed elk. It was cool. They kept coming out of the corn. They hold up in that corn like a son of a bitch. The last six rows. Yeah, there was coyotes coming out, whitetail. Bears. Bears, which is a Beautiful. Wild. Made mine look like a dink. It was a cinnamon. But there was a, like It wasn't like a full cinnamon. It was like a, had like a gleam of red on the tin, like the tinges of his hair. And then right at the end of the day when Ramsey was coming back on his, one of his passes, he parked right in front of a giant bull. That yeah. came through. It was kind of a pretty interesting weekend for you, Han, to just be all over the place and just do different shit. Yeah, it was just running ragged, doing whatever I could. But uh, so yeah, we got to to go experience all that, and unfortunately, there was a black cow laying in the. It was a bull actually laying in the corn, and you know you're in that big tall harvester. You you know the 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 landowner couldn't see it, and he clipped the bowl so we had you know at that point he's gonna die so we decided to help take care of the situation and matt called trapper dave and matt and dave tackled butchering this bull from i don't know five till eight thirty at night probably it was a long process yeah it was about three, uh, five thirty to probably eight yeah yeah butchering a bull is no joke like it's, it's a lot of work and we pitched in as much as we could. Well, our knives wouldn't stay sharp. I, I've skinned buffalo that's easier to skin than that damn bull was. Yeah, it was a, it was crazy. It was a cool experience, and we, we all decided to like. I, I could have hunted that night, but it was like I don't know. I want to. I feel like I should help everybody, you know, and pitch in. And 
so we took care of that went back and uh you know matt's tired you know matt's a hardcore cook he's he's like a not lazy person so he's like cooking food every night no matter what and he brought out the can of chili so you know he's tired when the chili was wore out. out it was good as shit though that was I'll good have it again there's nothing wrong with chili, onions, Fritos, and cheese and sour cream. Like it's a great combination. At ten o'clock at night, it could be dangerous, but it, it went. Oh, I just I didn't. I had all that food on. Thought we were gonna do fajitas, and I'm like, it'll be midnight by the time we're oh, get dishes done, and I gotta be up again at five. Yeah. So <clears throat> Ramsey brought Dad with him when he came out to haul corn, and. So I was like, Dad, we figured the dude needed to get out of the house. Yeah, and I, it was like, well, Dad, come, come home. Oh, but, you well, know, it's well, funny it though. Perfect for him because Trapper Dave came, and them two are like two peas in a pod. Yeah, they just went, <laughs> they just went in the Ranger, and they just, you know, what's funny is it Warren made it sound like he didn't really want to go, but you know, he did. Yeah, I don't know. He never had any hesitation. He gave me the all. Uh, if I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't. I was like, okay. Oh yeah, well. So I said, go come hunt with me in the morning, which he was all game for. And that night, two o'clock in the morning, and I don't know if I just hadn't drank water or what. It was the weirdest situation. I thought I was dreaming that I was cramping in both legs. I Like, seriously, I was like, I would just sit there and I was just like, why am I dreaming about this? This is awful. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, this is real. This is really real. And I had been cramping for so long at that point when I went to stand up and like all the blood, you know, like you like stand on the cramp to try and walk them out. Oh, yeah. I literally almost passed out. It was so painful. And so I drank some water and I walked around the inside. I don't know how I didn't wake any of you guys up. I was walking around the table and everything. Oh, I was, I was, I was dead. I was world. out, man. There was no way. Yeah. I was like, I was like making noise and like, I was like, oh, and I was walking around. And so Matt tries to wake me up at like, it was 10 to 5. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I can't. I'm like, you need to get going. If you're going to go, you need to. And it was a harvest moon. So it was bright as shit out. Which is the worst. This weekend <clears throat> was just another weekend. Just like things were just not in our favor. Just it got hot again. Without making excuses, the the excuse this week would be. The harvest moon. I mean, me and Sean talked about that. Was It was too hot the first weekend, and then the harvest moon. Yeah, we did. It was bright as shit. Was it super bright when you guys went there? It was. It was. We actually went in without headlamps. Yeah, (laughs) we were in there walking in at probably four four thirty when we started walking in. Yeah, probably. Um, but it was funny because after we heard our first bugle and we made our well, not to not to get into the story too much. Anyway. Uh, Ramsey and I looked at each other and I, I looked at him and I went, dude, you know, it's funny. We kind of are full of excuses. Hmm. And he's like, how do you mean? And I go, well, the first weekend we just said it was way too fucking hot. And then it was. this weekend we're like, full moon, that's going to screw us. Is it though? I don't know. And it was just kind of like, well, let's see how the day brings us, you know? Yeah, well, there's I, a ton of things you can say about full moon and what it does, but yeah, they're all up all night long, right? So and they, they and they hurt up. Yeah. And so my excuse is I'm gone this coming up weekend, the weekend of the 24th. I got a call for Riley, and the weekend of the first, Matt's going to get serious. I don't I don't know why he just doesn't get serious now. I know. I, I'm going to tell you some stuff. You're not going to believe this dude pulled his bow back this weekend. Oh yeah, we'll get there. Um. So, where was I? What were we talking about? 
That just threw me for a loop. What, where did I end at? Uh, you, you getting up? Wa- the- no, you were walking oh, around. Oh, the cramping the- story. Yeah. So he he wakes me up, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I can't. Like, I just, I'm so tired. I was up all night, and literally, I don't want to hike right now. My legs hurt so bad. Went to sleep for like an hour, and then they got up to leave to go cut. And my dad, my dad wakes up. He's like, get the fuck up. <laughs> he's like, we're going to go do something. And I was like, he's like, we can just go ca- check cameras if, if nothing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Matt, I'm sure Matt was thinking the same thing. So I got up, and it was like the sun was just peeking up. I don't even know if it was just, it was, it was like the sun was down still, but there was light coming, you know, like that low light morning. And I had like a 15 minute ranger ride to get to where I hike in. And so we got up there and I was like, you know what, dad, let's just go sit in the blind. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Dave call in stuff at like in the middle of the afternoon. I was like, let's just go try it. I get up there, hike in there. (laughs) My blind is just gone. Just gone. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is sick. So, uh, brand new blind, never yeah, been sat in literally the $250 blind that Matt and I just bought, just gone. I just like, and I had, did you have a feeling the whole time that was going to happen? What the last when we put it up? When we put it up, yeah, the last time that you put one in that exact same spot, gone forever. Wind, yeah, did I'll you find there. it? I'll get there, okay. So, I was like, well, fuck. I was like, dad, I don't know what I was like, well, you know what, let's just go sit underneath this tank and I'll call a little bit and who knows, let's just try it. And so, because this is a spot like that Matt scouted out for years, and he knows there's stuff in there, but we haven't seen shit. We haven't seen anything on camera this whole year. But I was like, I just want to try because maybe the cold weather, maybe things are changing, maybe the rut's getting a little bit better, maybe they're moving in here. And so, we're sitting there. I call for like ten minutes, nothing. I'm getting no responses. No, you can't. Hit, there's no sound or anything. And I'm looking through Facebook, and I come across this picture of this bull this guy shot and i was showing dad and he's looking at my phone right about that time i look up because where we were at you've been to that tank before mm-hmm. i was on the right side of it because i i i was positioned to where i if something came up where i thought they were going to come up through the bottom then i would be in a perfect place to draw you know be out of sight so we're sitting there and you know how there's a big ass hill right across from there there's an elk just barrels over the top of it just dead sprinting over the top. And I'm like, you're shitting me. Dad and I are completely exposed. So I, he's on his phone. And I was like, don't move. And he's like, like, what are you talking? I was like, dad, don't move. And I'm like looking like, you know, like the, the, the side eye look, you know, and this thing is on a dead sprint right to us. Like I'm talking in line with us all the way to us. <coughs> and uh, at this time, like I, I, my bow was laying next to me, no arrow out, nothing. And so I'm like, I'm like trying to make a split decision. I'm like, I, do I move? Like, what? I, I don't know. Cause I know if I, if I don't move, he's eventually going to see us and he's going to spook regardless. So he gets, he's like coming in like 110 yards. So I just, I said, screw it. I just grabbed, I reached over. I reached over, grabbed my bow, pulled an arrow out, put my release on it and, and drew. And he was standing at like what I thought was, I could tell distance was far ish. So I just put my 60 right in the right in the shoot zone and shot. And my dad said, like, it, it had to just skin his belly, just had to completely just skin. Like we ended up ranging. It was 70, 16, eight yards or something like that. 67, I thought. Yeah. So I put my 60 pin on his heart and I should have just put it. I, I'm going to be honest with you to the audience. Me as a person, I wouldn't recommend that was 
that was not an ethical decision on my part. I shouldn't have. I don't like that I took the shot because it was rushed. It was. I wouldn't tell you to go make that shot. But when you've been two weeks of not having any elk encounters at all, I was like ready. You know what I mean? And he was only like a four or five point, like small bull. I would have been, I would have cried if I would have shot it. I was so, would have been so excited. But yeah, I barely missed it. And I was like, oh my, I can't believe, like, we just looked at each other like, what just happened? Like, we weren't ready for, like, what the hell? And uh, so dad and I go look for my arrow and I had that Luminoc on there. So it wasn't too hard, but because the grass is three feet tall. And so we found it and dad ranged where my arrow was and my arrow was at like 74. So it must have gone a little ways because I, I ranged where I thought he was at and it was like 67. And so that's that's crazy, though, that in seven yards on your pin, you'd have that much. Well, I was shooting for his shoot, you know, for his kill zone. Right. And I, I he said he's like, oh, he's like, he thought like at first that I hit it low. But then he could you could tell that it went right underneath of it the way it acted, and I found the arrow. There was no blood on it, and because he he literally was like I've never heard him like he was like oh my god like he thought I hit I was gonna hit it you know, and uh, and oh mind you I was also sitting on my ass like almost mm-hmm. crisscross applesauce shooting and, and that was the hardest position I've ever had to shoot out of. So yeah, that it sucks to miss one, but I mean. <laughs> it's better to miss than moon one that we didn't find. Yeah, and I was I was happy for that too. And I, it is what it is. And so I was like, I was like, Dad, that was pretty awesome, wasn't it? And you know, because he's never been in a lot of those you know elk situations like that, so it was cool. I said, you know what, Dad? Let's just try it again. I said, but I something was telling me like just keep calling in there to see if more shit comes out because we didn't spook like we didn't make noise. All we did was shoot, and the bull went down way away from us towards the the burn you know towards the burn burn i don't know how to explain it to you because you haven't been out there very much but towards the field and uh i said let's go on the other side of the tank (laughs) this time because i don't want that to happen twice and so i went down there and my camera is pretty close to there so we we were walking all over the place out there he went and grabbed the camera grabbed the sd card and he's sitting there and just for the first time all year elk 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 and i guess i'll paint a picture for everybody there's two ponds that fill up right there and they wallow below the one of them and that's kind of like what we because there's the only water (coughs) for miles up there so that's why we tried it and uh first time we've had elk on the camera period so dad's looking at all these and i'm cow calling a little bit and I was like, Dad, I'm gonna I'm gonna start throwing some bugles out to see if anything. The first bugle I do, within three seconds, just one rips right back at me. And I was like, oh sick. Like they're in here. And of course I'm getting excited because it's like mm-hmm. nice to know there's more elk. And he, you could tell he was off the rim down in the bottom. And so I'd wait a little bit, do like a some some light cow calls. And then I right on top of my like right after I stopped cow calling, I would bugle. And uh Again, he'd rip, but he'd be like, you could tell he was a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And then I'll show you. I don't know how I'll post this video um, for everyone to see because I want to edit it a little bit. But when I show you guys later, this will all start making sense. He comes out of the timber exactly where I thought they were going to come out of. And every time I'd cow call, he'd start sprinting right at me. And he was a big one, too. Like one of the biggest bulls I've ever personally called in. And it was sick because I was bugling them in. And usually on this property, like they were really bugle shy. Like they, 
well, almost not even. I mean, would you say they would just almost turn them, turn nose on bugles sometimes? Oh, you'll watch him turn around and leave. But these, this guy was super, like, he was playing back and forth. I'd, I'd bugle and he'd go right back at me and he'd come in. Well, I don't know if it was because my wind was awful. Again, we were not prepared for like the situation we were in. Like, my blind was gone. I had no cover. The only cover I had was like, literally, I was laying against the tank. And so, this bull starts coming in, coming in, coming in, and he gets within like a hundred yards and he kind of like meanders a little bit. And then all of a sudden he just jumps in the wallow down there, <laughs> just on his side. He's flipping water. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was so cool. And he, I, I think that was one calculation error I made. Um, I guess I'll ruin this story. I, I didn't shoot anything in the end, but uh <laughs> I the only thing that I look back on is maybe when he was down wallowing that I should have cut the distance and tried to get in on him. But I was just from where I was looking, it just looked like he was like playing in the water and then picking his head up and looking up. You know what I mean? But I watched it on film and he never picked his head up. So I'm like, I kill myself now because I'm like, dude, I could have probably snuck into like 50 yards, you know. But it is what it is. And I would just the only thing I could do was crawl to the backside of the tank and call away. So it seemed like, you know, obviously you don't want to call right at them when they're a hundred yards from you. So I would just try to like make this noise go away from us. Like they were behind us and I'd bugle at him. He'd bugle and I couldn't get him in. I got him to 82 yards. He's standing on this mound in front of me. I couldn't get him any closer. I don't know if it was because my wind was right at him or there was 20 minutes of calling and he didn't see an elk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but on the last couple minutes, you can see these horns coming through the trees down below them and the second bull come up. And so I had two bulls in there and this bull went by the water tank, but he went out in the field at about a hundred yards. And so I had an elk hundred yards to my right and 180 yards below me. And I couldn't, I couldn't close the gap on any of them. And then eventually they met up together and just stood out in the middle of the field. And I went to, I went to the back of that tank. I'm trying to think of every calling technique I've ever, ever done in my life. I take that metal tube. I'm banging on the, on the tank and uh i'd bugle and i'd bang on it and they'd come walk towards me and then they'd circle back up walk back on i don't know what it was that was keeping them from from coming in but they milled around forever and then they just walked back to the trees and that was it mm -hmm. but for a non-shooting i mean obviously i put an arrow off but for a non-shooting situation that was like one of the most like just intense in your face shit that I've been a part of. It was really awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's always, dude, it's so crazy to just like be able to think how they think, you know, in those situations, it's like, what, like what's going on? Well, I'm really blessed to like been hunting with Matt for this many years now that I've been in elk encounter situations. So like I can play in my head, like what he would be telling me. In that situation, I tried running through everything. And the only thing, like I said, that I can look back on is either A, I should have had a decoy with me or B, I should have just ran it. I should have just moved in on him while he was wallowing. But I, you know, when he's doing that, I'm thinking he's being so responsive and coming, he's coming into me every time that I could get him all the way in. You know what I'm saying? And it just wouldn't happen. Oh, that's the shit thing about hindsight. You can always, at the end, you can say what you should have, could have, would have. 
But you got to just go with your what your instinct is at the time. Yeah, you got a choice. That's what I was doing. I was just playing like everything I, I I knew, and I it just didn't happen. And I think that's the best and worst part about elk hunting. It's just that situation all the mm-hmm. time. The coolest thing is, is your dad got it on film. You got an arrow off with your dad. It's kind of like the story with me and Macy and my bull. I mean, it would have been a once in a lifetime deal, probably. Yeah. You know, to just you and your dad just up there and it's uh something you'll never forget no the and thing i think he had a good time i the, mean the thing is that you really got to look at is like archery elk hunting you're always wrong until you're right right i mean that's it that's plain and simple yeah well and uh, i don't know it was just it was so felt so good because the the last we've talked about it so many times you know with the drought and the fire last year and everything coming back from that and it's been smoky and hot and dry again right now like it felt so good <clears throat> to be an elk like that again and uh it was well the biggest thing biggest thing riley is it's just like trapper day would say the biggest and best moments are by mistake right and that's exactly what that was i mean we had zero intentions of anything like that happening but you guys could have left oh yeah no blind let's go find the blind you guys could have drove around you know um it was fate. I know it's just, weird. It's like something told me, like, well, let's just sit here and try. Well, that's the thing about like, especially <laughs> archery hunting. It's like you, if you're out there, why not? Yeah. I mean, unless it's obviously ninety five, a hundred degrees, but when it's like been cooler, like it's been, it's like you're out there. You've had your experience for that morning. Why not stay out there? Yeah, I mean, really. Well, it, I mean, it boils back to like last weekend. When we're like, God dang it, so hot. Let's just go down to the river and then same thing, you know. Bumped we should have we should have went in with what my head was telling me going this way and had we done that we would have had them, but we were time crunched. Yeah. And uh you can blame on a hundred things, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't know. I like I said, I, I think I'm blessed with the opportunity to like if I had never been with like I said, with I've been with Dave like three or four times where he just goes out in the afternoon at like mid morning and just calls in a random spot and you're oh, like, yeah. and you're just like, you're doing this. You're like, okay, boom, calls Elkin. Okay. Let me ask you this though. In those, in that situation, would you have done anything different in the one I was in this weekend? Yes. Would you absolutely hands down done anything? Different? I'll tell you the things I would have done different. First of all, I now know to never be on the right side of that tank. If I'm ever in that situation again, I would have never thought in a million years that a bull would just come barreling off that, that rim. I'm like, of all the places, there's all these funnels to come into there. But 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 next week, go on the left side and, and come, come in the, on the right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, now, see, all this stuff that happened, I repositioned the blind. Okay, yeah, I didn't even say that. Dad and I found the blind in a barbed wire fence about a half a mile away. Oh. Which is awesome, because the last time Matt, Matt, the one Matt had out there probably is in Mile City. Because the wind came up and just tore it out of there, never found it again. This one, I have a picture of it. I found it up in the fence. So I was like, we're going to... I went and put it down in the trees um, about 50 yards from the wallow. And I just shoved it into this this tree and tied it to the tree like three times. And uh, we had these rebar, like rebar stakes. And I staked it in with those. And then dad split some wood because he ran out of stakes. And he we had like chunks of two by four that he pounded into the ground. So that, that so one of two things, the next time we go, the blind's going to be there. Or it's, or it's gonna be, gonna be wrapped around the tree, just shredded. Well, that's what I was telling Josh today. I was like, "Yeah, my blind's never gonna leave again. It's either gonna, you know, either be good forever, or it's gonna be in half the next time I see it." Um, 
and then I went and cut a bunch. I went way away and chainsawed some some branches with pines, and I brushed the whole thing in. So once that thing marinates, I think it's going to be the best spot on the property. But I sat it two nights and that night and the next morning, and nothing came in. But I, I kind of figured that was going to happen, just because it seems like the elk really been just moving all over the property, and I think I just got to catch them on the right day. Yeah. But. It was awesome. It was really, it was just one of those times you can't pay. You couldn't pay for that opportunity. So that was just Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, yeah, no, that was Sunday. Um, or Sunday. Yeah. That's but right. uh, yeah, I don't, I didn't have another real experience and I ended up staying Monday, which was cool. And I tried it again Monday morning and it was smokier than all. The sun came up oh, yeah. and the sun, like you couldn't even see. It was like the light never came out. It was a red sun. Went and sat with Matt in the truck again, and then him and I hunted the river this time. He actually brought his bow out for the first time. Well, maybe not the first time, but the second. Know. He was all gung ho, man. We were hiking all over hell. Well, we kicked the big bull out of the corn, and he just walked into the timber. Well, I knew he wasn't going to swim the river, so I knew it was down there because we were going to go back up to the blind. And I was like, "We know we got a bull down here." That went across the river onto <clears throat> to the other side, down the river bottom. It's stupid not to not to try it. So you you went after it, huh? Well, it was crazy story. So we're telling you how hard these bulls are hanging up inside the uh, the corn. I mean, oh yeah, you, we got a six row chopper, so you'd be in your last twelve rows. You'd cut them. There's nothing. It's open filled on both sides. You come back up to six row, and all of a sudden, elk and bears and coyotes and pheasants are coming out. And uh, sorry, folks. There's a dog running around here. Um, yeah, we have the the mascot is just going rampant right now. So we walk down to the river to see see where everything's crossing. Try figuring out our game plan. I mean, we're making, I mean, noise like crazy. We get up there and Riley starts calling. And uh, that, that that's when we heard that. No, no, I'm jumping the story. Yeah, well, first of all, we did a shit ton of hiking, just looking for, just scoping out the area. And we went through like, some of that tall grass was as bad as cattails, dude. That shit that wraps around your legs. It feels like you're walking through sand. We, uh. Walked down and found the river where they're coming through, and they're like, "Yeah, this isn't gonna work." So we went all the way back to the openings, and the the only thing I can compare it to is like Africa. That's what the the that's what it looked like down there. And uh, we walk in, and we were, we were walking together for the first part of like where we thought the elk were gonna be. And he gets a little bit ahead of me, and all of a sudden he's like, he just told me to stop, and I was like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? <laughs> This dude pulls an arrow. I'm like, this guy never pulls an arrow. There has to be something here. And knocks an arrow, shoots, and his giant whitetail comes out, comes out of the trees. And we don't, we still don't know what happened. We couldn't, we didn't find his arrow. We didn't, there was zero blood. And yeah, I didn't hit. I think I shot over the top. He must have missed it, but because I thought it was like 30 yards, and Riley's thinking it was like 15 to 20. I think it was way closer than he thought. Oh, it was big. Oh, yeah, it was monster, monster whitetail. It was just crazy. I would have shot it with a rifle yeah. and would have mounted him with a rifle. I damn sure would have mounted that thing with a 
a bow. Just one of those, we literally just walked into the right spot. And like for a whitetail, he didn't even move. Like we're, I was just baffled. I was like, that was a what? Because I'm thinking he sees an elk down there. And uh, so we we spent all that time looking for uh, for his arrow and stuff. <laughs> what a shit show. We got a little puppy running around the studio, so. Ramsey's got her wrangled up, though. Uh, yeah, I got you. Uh, but yeah, we uh, then we went down there, and I started cow calling a little bit. I actually left Matt. We were about 90 yards from each other, probably. And... Uh, He's off to my left. Like, he walks away from my left, and he starts cow calling. And all of a sudden, I'm like, how the hell did you get from there to my right? I mean, like, he covered, like, I don't know, probably 50 yards in, like, less than, like, 12 seconds. I'm like, the hell? And then all of a sudden, he's calling on the left, and he's calling on the right. And finally go over to Riley. I'm like, what that? No, 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 no. What happened was he started to come towards the one noise and it ended up being me, but I literally, he come around the corner right as I was like, I just started into a bugle and he's like, no, 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 no. Cause he realized that that was elk that was on the other side of him. And I just ripped it anyways. And we had that happen like two or three other times. And one time well, well I came around the corner and then there's two raghorns and four cows. I mean, 60 yards from me. And so, yeah, we just kept playing piggyback and, Dude, we had to get out of there. The mosquitoes were... We put that nose jammer on, and that thing is a bug magnet. Mm-hmm. And we were getting destroyed by mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have learned this in previous years of hunting. That it is. is a... I, I If you need to make a bee trap, use nose jammer. Yeah, I look like a meth addict, dude. I got destroyed by mosquitoes. And then so we tried to... They ran back to the corn to see if we could shoot a, a whitetail because they were all feeding in and couldn't get And then enough. what did we do? Oh, then we went to camp and had dinner. Yeah, we had... Uh, Get some good food, and that was about it. It was, uh, it was a lot of, like really like a soul searching weekend. Did a lot of solo hunting, did a lot of you know. I had about one awesome experience, and every every weekend just makes you better for the next yeah. weekend. And I, my favorite part, like I was telling Matt, is like, because you know we did the river thing, and Matt's like, well, that was kind of unsuccessful and the shitty idea. I was like, nah, dude. Like we got we hiked a shitload. Like every time I get to do that more and more, like. I feel better about myself. Like you guys know, like last year I was just not right in the right place. And to be out there, like getting back into like, it feel like I'm getting into shape again. Like I feel a lot better. I was, there was a couple times on elevation where I was breathing a little heavy, but a lot of the time I was just trucking, like, you know, trucking right along. It felt good. Yeah. I've been happy. So why don't you guys, how much time we got left? 20 minutes? Uh, 10, 10. You guys give me a quick story and then we got, we got to go. Uh, you know, it's, it, you know, believe it or not, it'd actually be kind of easy because we only hunted a, a, a morning morning to into the afternoon a little bit, but, uh, thanks to me, um, <laughs> gladly though. So we made a plan like we always have same plan. Uh, Warren, uh, the legend was actually going to come with us. Uh, and so basically, uh, I called Ramsey Friday night and we talked and I got up at two 30 on Saturday morning and drove out and Warren's, uh, uh, we had to wake him up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, well, I told, I went in there the night before. And uh, I told him, I was like, hey, 
we're getting up at 3.30. And then you heard a long pause. And then all of a sudden you hear, okay. I was like, oh, this dude does not want to get up at 3.30. I was like, well, I'll come, uh, I'll come wake you up. He's like, oh, I'll be up. And I was like, okay, dude. So anyway, I got up and took a shower and made some coffee and which this happened twice this weekend and it, it almost never happens. Made a pot of coffee and didn't even drink it. Me and Matt did that. What Sunday? Yep. But, uh, Sean gets there and we're kind of bullshitting and it's like almost four, probably almost four o'clock. Pretty close. No warn. And I'm like, huh, better go make sure this dude's up. I go in there. I'm like, Hey, he's like, is it three 30 already? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, shit. So like, all right, we'll be back in town. We'll just be outside. And, uh, he's actually, uh, not in a very talkative mood that morning. No, he really wasn't. It was a it was a quiet drive until Ramsey put the put the music on on the, on the stereo in his truck. Always always gets it either fired up or he's like shut that shit off. I'm yeah, and uh, so we took our our three hour drive to uh, to the spot and uh, basically got in and made our plan that we've had the whole time and got it was a little different than our normal plan a little bit we went a little farther um sun started to come up uh quiet like weirdly quiet you know i was thinking to myself the whole time while well warren obviously was i think he was tired so he passed out and ramsey was nodding off and and on and i was sitting there and i i took some mountain offs that morning so i was like fucking prime just jazz yeah so i was sitting there and uh i'm like leaning on a tree with my pack and i'm just like staring into this tree line when we got to our spot where we were sitting down and I looked and when the sun kind of, you knew it was coming. Cause obviously we were in there when it was dark, but when we knew the sun was coming, I looked at the hillside above the trees and it was like, I was measuring the light above the trees and it was like a half an inch. And then I would like, kind of like, like zone out and look at something else. And I look back, I mean, five minutes time. And it's like, 10 feet above the trees and it was like it was coming so fast and it was so cool to watch the the like darkish blue sky and the black oh yeah like pair like parallel with each other and it was like just slowly the dark blue was taking the black away it was so it was so cool do you also mix acid with your mountain ops no i don't i don't it was just cool to watch you weren't on a trip no um but we sat there and Ramsey woke up and we kind of made the decision. He was like, Oh, we're going to, you know, Ramsey will cow call a couple times and he cow called nothing. And I was like, all right, as soon as that sun breaks that tree line, which we probably had about 15 minutes until that was going to happen. Right. But we, I mean, but at the time when we made this decision, like let's bugle, uh, it was like still like 45 minutes away. And so we're like, all right, let's just chill out. And so I was like, all right, let's do this. And, uh, so I got up and I bugled and sure as sure as shit, the most uh lackadaisical oh, man. He full was just... moon bull tired from the night before 
um, bugle, like 150 yards from us. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that was like, that was pretty funny to listen to that bull bugle. Like, oh, yeah. He just, he was just like, he was so uh, tired. Yeah. And, so I was like, all right. And then Warren, uh, Warren had a little mix app with his tags. So he was, he didn't have a bow. Um, Ramsey and I had the bows. And so what I did was, turns I was like, out he had his tags the whole time. He did. But, uh, it turns out I told Ramsey, I was like, all right, I'm going to go 60 yards behind you and I'm going to start, cha- I'm going to challenge this guy and you're going to go off in this, into this thick brush and we're going to see if he comes over that hill. Never got him to, um, he, I think he moved away and then we started after he bugled the last time, it we was about 10, to, 15, 20 minutes. We decided to kind of like just go after him because we had to cut him a little closer with, with what, which way he would have came. He was going to try and cut behind us and come in. So right. we're like, we need to get up there and cut him off. So we did moved up there. I bugled again. Nothing. Um, I think it was just too played out. Yeah. And then we kept moving up and Ramsey and Warren went a little lower. I went and decided to get on top of this, the highest point, essentially. Right. And I got up there, and I bugled, and we heard a response bugle. I don't know if they heard it, though, because when I came down, I, I mean, it, to, no. to foreshadow, uh, they didn't hear it, but I heard a bugle, so I glassed this hillside probably 800 yards away from us. If not further. Yeah, and I saw a bull coming down the hill. And so I, I immediately, as soon as I saw him in the glass, I put down and I bugled at him and he stopped dead in his tracks coming down this freaking goat trail and bugled. And so I was like, oh crap. And so I went down after I lost him coming into this deep, thick stuff. I lost him. And I went down to Ramsey and Warren and I was like, hey, there's a bull coming and he's, I mean, he's a good bull. And, um, we kind of made a plan. He bugled once more. Yeah. And then it just got ruined pretty much. Yeah. Some target shooters shooting well, at again. Le- at least you got into elk again. I mean, you're not you're not having getting skunked, really. Yeah. That was a basic recap of our of our morning hunt, so we're going to have to cut it short tonight. Um it's been a long week for us, so we're we're trying to get head out of the studio as fast as we can. Uh Matt and I won't be hunting this weekend. So the group is mixing. Ramsey is racing. Matt's out of town. And Sean and I will be tasked with trying to get a bull for Sean. Mm-hmm. So I will be joining him in his unit. And I will just have calls. And I, well, I might bring the bow just in case the, one of those pig mule deers down there. Because I will, Oh, yeah. I would take That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, on my camera, no elk, but tons, tons of mule deer. So, yeah, we're going to... Uh, we're going to go do some hunting. We'll see how it goes. And Matt and I will be back at it in a couple weeks. And uh, these two will be back at it in a couple weeks. So stay tuned for our hunting season adventures. And thanks for listening. And sorry about the weird podcasting post times. But we're, we're doing the best we can with, with hunting season. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. See, see you. Later. Sean, I had to laugh the other day. Do you remember that time that Matt sunk his pickup in the creek? Oh, I absolutely do. That was just a nightmare. Yeah, that really sucked, and I was the one that ended up cleaning it up. You know, do you know anybody that could take care of that for me next time? You know, believe it or not, uh, the guys down at Yellowstone Detailing here in Billings, Montana, they could take care of that 
real quick for you. Um, anything from cars to trucks, anything that really goes down the highway, whether you're putting it in the water, putting it in the trees for a good weekend with the family, they could easily clean that up for you and get you right back out where you want to be. And and how would I get a hold of these guys? Uh, you can actually get a hold of the guys down at Yellowstone Detailing at 406-861-9553. Sweet. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at BullMountainBrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.